Hello, I'm glad you're here. And the topic of today is to discuss uh, the relationship between creativity and truth. And to do so through the lens of one of the most um, fascinating figures in the entire Torah, uh, Korach. Korach was um, a cousin of, of Moshe's, of Moses's, and, and was one of the greatest people um, among, the, among the Israelites. And he was super brilliant and, and crazy rich. In fact, it says that he had 300 donkey loads just filled with the keys to his treasures. So that's, that's just way out. I mean, really beyond, beyond, beyond rich. Now, when you're that rich, and there, there, it's, there are pluses and minuses. The, one of the pluses, and actually um, the, the rabbis discuss this, that there are actually spiritual, um, great spiritual merits to being rich. Uh, by that, I mean financially wealthy. Uh, and, and that's that you are sort of um, impervious. You're not affected by uh, other people as much. Meaning to say that because you have money in the bank, you're shielded from the opinions and the pressures of other people. And that allows you to, to follow the path of truth uh, in, in a much more uh, unencumbered way. So, so wealth can actually have tremendous spiritual benefits in that way. Um, uh, on the other hand, though, there's always a downside because, remember, uh, the, there's a kind of in, in spirituality, there's a, there's a physics to spirituality where every uh, opportunity will always have an equal and opposite opportunity uh, for a downfall. And the downfall is that a person can think that they're God because if they have all the money and everyone listens to them and pays attention to them, then they wield a sort of power that can be very uh, self-corrupting. So Korach, unfortunately, fell prey to the, to the negative side of his own wealth. And even though he was, again, one of the wisest people and one of the greatest people, which just shows you how toxic um, uh, that level of wealth can be. In fact, the rabbis, believe it or not, even compare him to Haman. Uh, and they say that there are two, arose two people in the world who, who seized great fortunes that really uh, were to their own detriment. And they say that these two people were Korach and Haman. Um, as you know, Haman is the, the villain who tried to uh, wipe out the Jews. Um, and, and we celebrate his downfall on Purim. And, and Haman had just uh, vast, vast, vast sums of wealth. Um, so anyway, on the other hand, though, just to give you a complete picture, and we, we've discussed this aspect of Korach before, so I'm not going to go so much into it. Kor, there, Korach has his defenders to this day, and maybe the most uh, striking illustration um, of uh, the fact that Korach uh, had good intentions deep down. I'll give you just two quick um, illustrations of this. Is uh, w- One of the things that we say in the, in the Book of Psalms, in the Tehillim, um, the song for the Sabbath day, uh, there's a phrase, three words, uh, tzaddik katamar yifrach, which means that the, the righteous person, the tzaddik, the holy man, is compared to a, uh, a date palm, who I guess rises very straight and high uh, into the sky. So that's a, you know, that's a very sort of a noble depiction of a, of a righteous person um, rising high up in the air in a, in a straight way. 
Um, but if you look at the very last three letters of, of those words, tzaddik, katamar, yifrach, it spells korach. And so korach in the end of days um, is, 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 this is a hint, since these are the last letters of that phrase, that in the end of days, Karach will again rise and, and achieve uh, his true status. Um, or the, um, will, will we, he will, uh, sort of the, the, the positive intentions that he had, even though they got all clouded, will become manifest. That's probably a better way of saying it. Also, the, um, the Chedush Rim uh, brings a Zohar um, uh, that, that says that just like... Um, uh, Aaron was the head of the Kahanim, right? He was the high priest. Um, so too, Korach was meant to be the head of the Levium, the tribe of Levi. Um, so, but he acted too quickly, meaning he wasn't patient. So there was a great role that had been destined for him, but because he acted so rashly and, uh, and jealously, uh, it was denied him, and he actually met a, a very terrible end. Um, so, and and one more, one more uh, is, and I learned from Rabbi Wolfson this that that the Navi, the, pro, the prophet Yechesko, uh Ezekiel, says that in the end of days the Leviim are going to become Kahanim, um, and that what Karach wanted to do was he had he was trying to bring about the end of days during during his lifetime. And he was a levy, and he, of course, desired to be the, the Kohen Gadol, the, the high priest. And so this desire for him, who is a levy, to become a Kohen, since this is what's going to happen in the end of days, uh, from, from this point of view, he actually was positively inclined, was trying to bring about the end of days. But again, he did it by uh, fomenting a rebellion against Moshe and met a, a very horrible end. And so... So I, I want to just uh, go into that, because in my own spiritual journey, as I was learning Torah, one of the things, one of many, many things, by the way, but one of the things that really kind of uh, showed me that the Torah was true was that there had been a rebellion in the desert by the Jewish people who tried to overthrow Moshe. And that's what, that's what Korach did. Um, in other words, it seems to me, just from a, just a very human standpoint, and especially if you know the nature of Jewish people who are very strong-willed and you know, often very opinionated and very stubborn, which are all holy traits, by the way, but sometimes we misuse them, um, to think that there are you know, a couple of million of Jews in the desert who are stranded, essentially, because we've just been you know, decreed to wander for 40 years, wouldn't they try to overthrow whoever the leader was, even if it's Moshe? I mean, that just makes sense to me. In fact, if they didn't try to overthrow the leader, I would question the, the truth of the account in the Torah. So, so as much as it's uh, you know, certainly not one of the highlights of the Jewish people, this rebellion, nonetheless, the very fact that it occurred certainly makes sense, and, and I think is testimony to the truth of, of the Torah's account of of our history, so, so that's that's one point. Another point is, you know, there's a famous phrase. I, I wish I could rattle it off in French, um, but I can't. But in English, it's 
the more things change, the more things stay the same. And meaning to say that, um, you know, certain aspects of human nature seem to be uh, consistent throughout all of history. And um, even if all the external trappings change, nonetheless you see human beings exhibiting the same uh, uh, behavioral patterns. And, and so I think one of the most outrageous things that we see in our lifetime is is the uh, is the denial of the Holocaust among uh, even in the in the lifetime of, of of the people who experienced it So as impossible as it sounds, um, we see that people have denied the, uh, the occurrence of the Holocaust during the lifetime of Holocaust survivors themselves. Um, but as we say, the, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Because Korach, during the lifetime of Moshe, denied the legitimacy of Moshe, while Moshe was still alive. Um, and so... And so we return back to uh, the, original, the original point, which is trying to explore the bounds between creativity and truth. So as we've established, Karak was very, very great. In fact, just another illustration of his greatness, he was one of the people who um, carried the, the golden ark that contained the, the luchos, the tablets of the, the Ten Commandments in them, um, and, uh, of course, uh, the, the rabbis learned that one didn't carry that ark. The, the ark carried you. So, but to be one of the few people who are assigned with that incredibly sacred task of, uh, of escorting the ark um, was reserved for the, 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 the top, 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 top people. And Korach was one of those people. And so... And so there was something to him. And the core argument that he made to, to the Jewish people, and which makes him, I think in a very fascinating way, maybe one of the most contemporary thinkers um, by today's standards, is he said that everyone is holy. All of us are holy. And, and that's true. He was right. All of us are holy. All of us have souls, and your soul is a piece of God. So that's, that's not a small thing. And, and of course, in his generation, all, all of Israel stood at Mount Sinai and all heard the word of God. And so, again, this is, uh, this is an enormous thing. So the question is, at what point is it a free-for-all Meaning to say, at what point does someone who has a piece of God in them, is in fact holy, did in fact hear God speak at Mount Sinai, at what point does that person have to stay bound to the instructions of Moshe? And at what point is that person free to kind of create their own truth? 
So Korach had something very specific in mind. He wanted the position of high priest. And Moshe had given that position to his brother Aaron, which of course smacks of uh, nepotism, right? Except God told Moshe to give the position to Aaron. So when Korach was questioning the allotment of that very great honor, what he was really doing was questioning the authenticity of Moshe's prophecy from God. And so this, again, seems to me one of the most contemporary uh, theological kind of um, debates or, 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 or situations, and, and one that is um, just thoroughly modern, because people walk around today, and, and for so many different reasons, by the way, uh, people look to themselves as the ultimate source of truth. And, and so, since, since there is something to the fact that we have a soul and that we are all holy because we've all got a piece of God in us, there comes a question, at, at, at what point am I bound to the prophecy of Moshe? And at what point am I free to come up with my, my own truth? And so this is really what the Torah is exploring with this rebellion. And, um, of course, Korach meets a horrible end. And what's fascinating, by the way, about the end that he met, because Moshe says, you know, if if I'm telling the truth, and this is all recorded in the, the Chumash, you can read uh, the actual um, words of Moshe himself, but I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said. He said to the, the Jewish people, he said, if I'm telling the truth, let Korach meet an end that no person has ever met ever. And of course what happens is, very famously, the ground swallows him and all of his followers up whole, and all of their possessions, by the way, including children, young children. And the rabbis learn out from that that, you know, um, look how horrible machlochet, which is uh, means... Um, uh, strife, argumentation, uh, you know, disunity. Look at, look how horrible disunity is because you see even young children uh, fell prey to the, uh, to the consequences of that. And so in other situations, you, you, you find that uh, young children are, are, are shielded from it. And, and the fact that they were sort of um, kind of, you know, casualties in this shows you how terrible... Um, argumentation and, and strife within a family, within a community, uh, can be. Um, but nonetheless, the rabbis point out something very, very interesting, which is, after Adam and Chava, after Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge, now remember, that was, that was right before the first uh, Sabbath. So that was about an hour before Shabbos started on the sixth day of creation. So this is the end of the sixth day of creation. The rabbis point out that God created certain phenomena at that moment before Shabbos started, before God, quote-unquote, rested, or created rest, however we're to understand that, um, that were going to be necessary throughout the long exile. Because when Adam and Eve eat from the tree of knowledge, all of a sudden the world goes into this state of exile that we're still trying to uh, get ourselves out of. And um, they list uh, some, some very interesting things. One of the things that God creates 
is the mouth that of uh, the, the, the pit, the mouth of the earth that swallows Karach. So again, this is this is very, very, very deep because it shows you that there's a link between Karach and eating from the tree of knowledge. Meaning to say that God that when Adam and Eve, the first two humans, went against the word of God, that within the DNA of them eating from the tree of knowledge and going against the word of God was a future event where someone would deny the word of God, the authenticity of the word of God through Moshe. And that was Karach. And so it became necessary to create a, um, a counterbalance to that by creating this, the, the, the pit that would swallow Korach, showing that Moshe, in fact, was, was, was legit. Um, so anyway, so that's going on too. But again, I want to return to our theme, which is this idea of creativity uh, and truth and, and the boundaries between them. Because, as we've said many times during these talks, the the Torah is the infinite compressed into the finite. And one of the great aspects of the Torah, and anyone who studies Torah um, uh, in a a serious way, in a loving way, knows that it's this endless, 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 infinite flow of new ideas, and that just, just never stops. Since the Torah has been given... It's simply never stopped. We've never stopped unpacking the Torah. It really is the infinite compressed into the finite. And and so, so through creativity, which we've been blessed with, we've been able to discover just endless, endless, endless depths to the Torah. Okay. Now, when you come up with a new idea, and by the way, it's 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 a very great merit to come up with a new idea in Torah. And I saw. Um, in the name of the uh, the Hachmas Adam, who is a, a very great rabbi at the time of the Vilna Gon. By the way, um, in Vilna, if you had a, a, a question, a, a shaila, a halachic question, like whether your chicken was kosher or whatever it was, or some 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 more technical question, you didn't go to the Vilna Gon. You went to the Hachmas Adam, because the Vilna Gon was the Vilna Gon. He was, you know, in a separate category. He was learning all the time and you know, really didn't so much take questions from, from the community. But you had a very, very great man. You can imagine how great he must be if he was serving as the posek uh, during the uh, time and in the community of the Vilnagon. And so the Hachmas Adam says that when you come up with a new idea in Torah, angels come and they put a crown on your head. So it's very exalted to, 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 to mine the depths of Torah. And this is known... Um, as a chiddush. Chiddush has the word chadash, which means new in it. But I heard something very wonderful from Rabbi Green, who said that, you know, if you come up with a new idea in Torah, you'd better hope that God thought of it first. So, meaning to say that, that you might be the very, very first person in thousands of years who's actually ever thought of this idea, and that's, that's very wonderful. But it better be an idea that God actually had in mind for the Torah, because if you come up with an idea and God didn't have this idea, then quite simply, you're wrong. It's just, it's an incorrect idea.
So, so there is this concept of truth. And, and Korach tried to undermine it. And, and he failed. He failed. Because creativity, which is fantastic, and which is an exalted trait, and is totally prized, and, 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 and it's one of the uh, components through which we mine the infinity of the Torah, nonetheless, it is possible to say something that's simply not true. So Korach, who is one of the greatest thinkers, one of the greatest people, who is destined to be the, the equivalent of what Aaron was to the Kahanim, Korach was going to be to the Levium. Nonetheless, Korach comes and he says, Moshe, you just gave this job to your brother. God didn't tell you to do that. And so, so at that point, it's not a question of creativity. It's not a question of we're all holy. At that point, God either told Moshe that or he didn't tell Moshe that. And of course, he did tell Moshe that. And, and the fact that Moshe predicts an unprecedented demise to Korach and it happens shows you that, that God was signaling to us for all time the authenticity of, of Moshe's transmission. And so, and so we have to be mindful of this in our own lives. And, and, and truth, especially in today's day and age where truth, truth is prized as the right of every individual, that every individual can come up with his own truth and has the right to come up with his own truth, and, and that is true. We, this is the age that we live in, and but but it's a but it's a very <laughs> that's a, that's a very complicated that's a very very complicated path. And I shared this with you once before, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. Um, I recommend a talk I gave, which is what math says about God, um, and um, and I sort of uh, developed this at length there. But I, I want to give you this example again because because it will help to distinguish between one's right to the truth and one's embrace of the truth, but also a sense of ultimate truth. Um, and so the example goes like this. Imagine you are uh, in your kitchen and you hear a noise outside the room. You can't see what's going on. By the way, this is sort of loosely based on Plato. And so you're, you're very scared and you think this noise might be a monster or maybe it's a robber. And so you're, you're sort of like uh, kind of trapped in your own fear. And, 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 and so that is your truth. In other words... You think that you're in danger, and you are experiencing all of the signs of stress, all of the um, anxiety that goes with it. So you are, you are in fact living your truth. It's not just that you believe this; you're living your truth that you're in great jeopardy. But it turns out that the noise that the person is so afraid of is coming from the other room, and it's just that a book fell off a shelf. So, so there is no danger that the person is in whatsoever. Um, so, so, so in other words, 
you have your subjective truth, your personal truth, which is that there's a monster or robber, and you are in fact living that truth. You've got all the anxiety and stress levels um, of actually being in physical danger. And yet, the ultimate reality, the actual reality, um, which completely contradicts your personal reality, is that there's no jeopardy whatsoever. And so this is what's going on in the world. We have creativity. We have our own personal holiness. We have the ability to, to, through our own realization of our own potential, find levels of infinity within the Torah, which is absolutely amazing that we have that privilege, that God makes us a partner with him in terms of experiencing uh, the depths of reality in that beautiful way. And yet, we also have the ability to be out of step with it and to say, th- to say things that are completely incorrect so that we can assert them and we can believe them and we can live them even, but that doesn't make them true. That just like there's no robber or monster in the house, it's just a sign of a book, the sound of a book, I can assert that this is true about people and that's true about people and, you know, I can work on Sabbath and, 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 and I can eat pork because that's an outdated whatever. I can assert all of these things and I can say it with great conviction and great eloquence, except it's wrong. It's just wrong because it contradicts the greater truth of the universe, which is the Torah. Um, and so... And so the prophecy of Moshe uh, remains legitimate to today. And, and I'll just kind of wrap it up right now with just a couple of points. Some very fundamental, basic points, but ones that, that it's very important for us to, to stay mindful of. One is that uh, the, the Rambam encodes that, that, that Moshe is the greatest prophet of all time. And that, in fact, even includes the Mashiach. So even the Messiah, who will be greater than Moshe in other things, will not be greater than Moshe in prophecy. Moshe remains the king of all prophets for all time. Okay, so that's number one. And, uh, well, maybe that's number two and number three, too. (laughs) And, oh no, the, I'm sorry, the, the other thing that I did want to say is that, uh, and that we have to understand that the Torah itself, you see, a lot of people make a mistake. They look at the Torah and they say, well, listen, you know, where's, there's no mention of cell phones in the Torah or space travel or microcomputing or nanotechnology. So, you know, the Torah, therefore, is an archaic document. But that's, that's, that's a very um, superficial way of understanding what the Torah is. The Torah just used the language of the day. And so the, the Torah, we say Torah temet, meaning the Torah of truth. The, the inner dimension of the Torah, the, what the Torah says about human nature and, 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 and things like this, this is true for all time. And the, the outer garments of the Torah just sort of reflected the, the time that it was given in. But we shouldn't be thrown um, just because uh, just because it seems a little bit out of step with with uh, modern culture. Um, that those are just uh, superficial trappings. But the truth of the Torah remains true forever, and and so that means that the the prophecy of Moshe remains true forever as well. 
And so all of the Korachs, not just uh, not just the Korach who went head to head with him in the in the desert, but all the Korachs who who try to undermine Moshe or to contradict the word of of, of Moshe. It, it's worth noting that 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 Moshe is here till this day. And and that all of all of monotheism and all the other religions are all based on the prophecy of Moshe. Um, Christianity says that the Jews received the Torah at Mount Sinai. Islam says that the Jews received the Torah through Moshe at Mount Sinai. So everyone holds by Moshe. The the other religions they 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 have their Korach moments and 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 they go on and 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 try to assert. Uh, their own truths, um, for better or for worse. But, but the point that I'm trying to say is that Moshe remains Moshe, and will always be Moshe. And 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 the more that we can attach ourselves to that truth, and to stay on the right side of creativity, and to and to keep creativity aligned with truth, the better off we'll be.